We're starting here the Hakdama to Der Chaim. The Chshivas uh, of the Maral's Sfarim are because they open up for us a whole new world of seeing and Divrei Chazal and Agarita in a way with a whole new depth um, and understanding of all the nuances of Chazal and the point of Chazal and so on. The Der Chaim's of the Pirush and the one, I guess, the thing that to bear in mind as we start is, the, I think the Maral had a very, very um, a, a core mission of trying to explain Chazal and Agaritas. And that's why whenever he brings in a Chazal for any particular topic, um, for any particular point that he means to deal with, he doesn't stop at... It, it, the point that he's making and doesn't just focus on that, he will explain the entire Chazal in all of its aspects. So sometimes you get a sense maybe of a drift, but it, what happening is he will not introduce a Chazal without going through all the bits and pieces of it and so on. Okay, now he's going, he's starting with a Pasik, and this Pasik is going to explain why he's calling his Sefer Derechaim. So the, the Pasik says, Ner is a mitzvah. Every mitzvah is is a lamp. Torah is or and the derech of Chaim is Tochos Musa. So we have three spiritual um three spiritual components. They are mitzvah, Torah, and Tochas Musa. And they rep- are represented by a ner, by uh, or, and by derechaim. Now he goes. A person who was created by Kadosh Baruch Hu is enveloped in darkness. Um, and he's basically sitting in a dark dungeon. It's the guf that covers on it. In other words, the Nisham itself would have the awareness, the appropriate awareness of its surroundings. And it would be able to immediately see and sense the Ruchnistic qualities of its surroundings. But the Guf, the, since the Guf covers it, it basically is in darkness. So that he does not have the ability to um, focus on Vodas Hashem, because he's blind, he doesn't know. It's 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 something that comes. It, it, it the the um, the spiritual radiance, which is something he should be able to feel naturally, is is effectively he, he's effectively insulated from it by his guf. So he asks a question, but doesn't a person's seichel? A person's mind uh, able to look out and see it. to know what's appropriate to do. So the moral says he asks a question. Is it not? 
um, it's, it's being that a human being has intelligence that is vastly, vastly superior to any intelligence, any any other being, any other Bria. So wouldn't a person's mind be able to figure it out? Don't we have some sort of um, some sort of understanding of right and wrong? Every person feels that, and therefore, wouldn't it be appropriate to say that we actually have that type of sense that can detect right and wrong? So why are we saying a person walks blind and so on? So he says the first reason, and he explains ruchnius. The concept ruchnius contains within itself two elements. The higher part of the human condition and everything beyond that. So we have in ourselves a somewhat ruchnistic sense. Um, People have in themselves a, a, a sense of morality that they wish to pursue there's also something beyond that so in as much as we're dealing with the morality that's an ex- a, a description of something within a person then seichel can help and this is the area where for instance I like to say something like Zaymitz of Noach where we could say that a person couldn't say by himself Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar says that the reason why stone was destroyed for what they did, despite the fact that they hadn't been told or commanded in any way. But he says things that are self-evident to any healthy seichel automatically is something which um, you're, you are held accountable for. Because anything that deals with the basic human um, it, 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 decency, things that are that fit the person for what he is that should be self-evident and if a person can't figure out himself that itself is is a count against him but the second the higher part of Ruchnius is the part that deals with what HaKadosh Baruch was all about and what type of activity and behavior do you need to be um, close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. there's no way in the world that your Seichel could possibly project that. So just like, for instance, going to, if, if you, uh, let's say a person goes on a date to meet somebody. So there are things that I can figure out myself that are appropriate or inappropriate. For instance, if I, um, if I wear something filthy, smelly, dirty, or whatever it is, one obviously understands that since I feel repulsed by it, uh, another person will certainly feel repulsed by it, and therefore, um, it doesn't require any more research. Um, that which I naturally find repulsive to me, I wouldn't um, want to present to the other person. But now thinking, what should I buy the other person? What kind of gift? There's no way in the world that Seichel, my Seichel, could figure it out. I know what I like but it might not be what she likes. And since it's up, I'm buying a gift for her, my liking something is not in any way um, going to determine uh, what's a good gift. Similarly, there's a part of Ruchnius 
that's about me in the sense it's built into me a sensitivity and for that this, the, the mind does help the conscience, the mind but then we're dealing with what would be appropriate to become closer to Hashem well, how do I know what Hashem likes? and um, you know, could I have come up with tzitzis or tefillin or paradumas or whatever it is so therefore because why did Kodesh pick Chal Yisrael? I don't know, I mean I can say nice things about Chal Yisrael but the, the, the fact that Kodesh found us to be disliking ultimately something that it's not it's not rational that part of Ruchnius that lamp of Seichel does not um, <coughs> it cannot possibly in any way inform the person that which is right in terms of God so this whole interaction of man as the chosen chosen of God is itself not a rational description and therefore and therefore, you need Torah mitzvah to light the way. I'd like to add maybe um, two more points about the um, this uh, Indian over here that we raised. The the um we we asked whether a person could possibly um could, could our minds or conscience determine right or wrong or better said why do we need the torah if um we have our our mind and so on so i'd like to offer um a few uh, answers to that first of all his answer which we just saw, saw that the realm of mitzvahs and and tov that comes about because it's Akadosh Baruch Hu's tov in my relationship to him, there's no way my mind could come up with it. I, I really need to figure out what Akadosh Baruch Hu likes. There's, um, th- there are another two answers that I'd like to offer. One is that our minds are way too easily um, distorted or the perception of the mind of what's good about is way too easily distorted with our own um, negias, with whatever it is that we would uh, like people don't um, people's judgment of what's good most people who do something that's not good it's usually by twisting and turning they don't nobody likes to have the conscience bother them so they've learned how to massage the conscience and um sort of give it stretchability they sort of do yoga with the conscience and and it's amazing how much the conscience can stretch and contort itself and become like a twisted pretzel in terms of 
um, of of reaching an answer that one would like to reach. So the conscience cannot be trusted because of um, the, because of a person's personal desires and so on. Secondly, another or thirdly, is the conscience is an organ that senses, but has no ability to discern details. So. Um, it, it, just like when we see something, we can see something very crisply and sharply, we have a clear sense of its details. When we smell something, we sort of have a feeling about something. We have a sense about it. There is something here that's not fresh or something here that's very, very pleasant, but we don't have any real ability to pinpoint it. Many, many of the Shilas the issues that of 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 Tov and Ra happen to be moral issues. No, I mean issues that are complex. We, we sort of are trying to feel out: is this would be right? This would be right under this circumstance, that circumstance. For all of those areas, the conscience is not a good organ. So the conscience in a person's in a person's uh, psyche is definitely a positive spiritual organ. It um, is there to stimulate a person to do good, and that's what we tap into when we give a person Musa and so on. But there are serious limitations to it becoming the guide for right and wrong. One, um, it, a person has biases, and it's very, very easy to mislead um, the, the conscience. Two, the conscience is good at sort of global types of appraisals, certainly not good for hairline details. And third of all, the point that he's making is, in the world of, in, in the spiritual world that intersects our world, yes, that is very, that's, it's good for that. But when it comes to the world of mitzvahs, which by far and away is probably the largest segment that deals with what HaKadosh Baruch Hu likes as HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, the conscience does not serve us at all. Okay. Then he says, Upirish near Mitzatar or so he's going back to the Pasik about Nir Mitzvah, Ratsaloima. Kia mitzvah doma linear. The mitzvah is like a lamp. Ashaha or shalo eina or goma below goof. Means it it needs to be attached to some sort of physical entity. Raka or nitla begoof. Wapsila vashemen or kuliya mikama oraze. So um every mitzvah a lamp Fire was seen as something ethereal and uh, spiritual-like. In other words, a certain representative of something spiritual. And we find two types of lights. There's a type of light that it is—it's—it's it's fire, but it's attached to something. It needs the oil and the wick, and that gives it its its nourishment. or but it's not light unto itself. It attaches on some of the The same thing. So, so the reason why a lamp is the light of a lamp is a bit sooty, it's it's it smudges, it's it flickers, is because it really draws its light from things that are a bit impure and physical. So in its conversion process, there are bits and pieces that are not converted well, and therefore it doesn't shine as brightly. That is the problem with a lamp. So all mitzvahs are a ruchniyistik of light, 
but it's attached to something physical. It needs a kensipper, it needs tzitzis, it, it needs a marker, it needs something. So every mitzvah is an attachment of something spiritual to a physical object. But Torah is nikris or ki ha'or ein ha'toyla Light, when we talk about light in its own sense, we're talking about something that really doesn't depend on anything else. He means like something like daylight, which, you know, theoretically has comes from the sun, but we perceive it as just light not hanging on to something. So being a Torah doesn't need a physical entity to draw from. So Torah has itself a certain purity in terms of spiritually influencing a person that you don't have by mitzvahs. By mitzvahs, the light comes through a physical vehicle, and that physical vehicle is, is introduces its own limitations um, and imposes it on the aura coming from it. Now it brings a very famous Chazal, Masech Tassoyte. It says, Masech Tassoyte, Zudor Shabbanachim Rav Yoisi, Tola Kosev HaMitzvah Ba'oyer. The Torah was, the, 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 the Torah said that mitzvahs are ner, like a ner, but it's Torah Ba'oyer, and Torah is or. Ma ner mer lefisho, a light only lasts for an hour, if, if, not an hour, it means for, it's time bound. Afa mitzvah megin lefisho, so mitzvahs protect a person only while he's performing it. Torah is a marshal to light in its big sense. Ma or Light lasts always. It does no. It doesn't run out of oil a week. Torah is also megin loylam. Atkan. Mitzvah is a mitzvah this is a point the moral makes in many places. Things that are physical um, must take place within the context of time. In other words, a process. Everything physical works through a process. A causes B, leads to C, and, and ends in D. Those steps are the elementary building blocks of Zman. And therefore, uh, so mitzvahs are, are, are limited um, because anything that's within a physical context in, is limited in, in time also. So that would, it's like today we know space-time is, is sort of one continuum. Anything that occupies a place in this world must fall under the constraints of time. Therefore, even a mitzvah, which is something very, very valuable and spiritual, it also n- needs to be in the context of time. So Torah has no attachment to guf. It's not physical. Therefore, it doesn't have the physical limitations of um, time either. So Torah is 
since the Metzias of Torah is, has no limit, it, you can't limit it in terms of its being megan on a person. Um, one can, I guess, flesh out the marshal a little bit and say, f- uh, physically, I, I'm doing something only when I'm doing it. I am um, putting on film when I put on film. Torah, which is knowledge, that sits within me even after I actually studied it. The act of studying may have introduced it to my mind, but at the end of the day, the studying is um, something which is, the, the Torah that I studied is in my mind. Well, so people's um the the um people's uh the the two things that show a person where he ought to go to and what's right and how he ought to go those are all um those are called light and the two types of light so a mitzvah is instructive in a particular um, in a particular case, in other words, it's right now. This is what I should be doing. So that's the that's the that's how in that way mitzvahs are instructive, and Musa is very instructive. And and um, it, whereas Torah is a source of light that's there always, as long you know a person who um, imbues Torah, his whole mitzvahs becomes a more Torahic Metzius, and that's him. Then he adds, He says, so in the world of Ruchnius, we have Torah and Mitzvahs, and we have the explanation for that, and that's fine. There's something else called um, something called Musr. Musr is, he says it's not Torah, what it means is as follows. The um, Torah itself is the understanding of what's right and what's wrong. Mitzvahs are specific instructions. But I need to get a person to want to do these things. Um, how, how do I get a person to want to follow Torah or mitzvahs. So I need to give the person Musr. Musr is um, that which gets you to go on the path that is lit up with Torah mitzvahs. And so when I tell a person words along the lines of what's, what's the point of a life that has no content to it and living just for yourself and those things of that nature, so what I've done in effect is actually um, I've, I've uh, given the person the impetus to, or the stimulus to go and do mitzvahs or learn Torah. So Derech Musa is part of this picture. A person is blind and he needs mitzvahs and Torah to light up the way for him and to show him right and wrong. And he needs Musa to be able to stimulate him and push him to do those things that are, that, that are right. Okay, we'll hold it here.